Good morning and thank you for joining me today on Conversations with Ray Martinez. That's what I like to call this podcast. It's a beautiful morning, but it's a very crispy morning, about 27 degrees in Fort Collins. Of course, yesterday was worse. It was 19 degrees. But we're going to be studying today about silence is golden. You ever had those silent moments or even conversations between each other where you're both just silent? and no one's talking? What's going on inside our minds? I'll tell you what's going on in God's mind. It's a great success story. And we're taking our reading today in particular from John chapter 11, verses one through six. Simon and Paul sung a song called The Sound of Silence. Here's a couple of verses I really like in that particular song which were written by Paul Simon himself. And in the naked night, I saw 10,000 people, maybe more, people talking without speaking, people hearing without listening, people writing songs that voices never share, and no one dared disturb the sound of silence. And the people bowed and prayed to the neon God they made, and the sign flashed out its warning in the words that it was forming. Then the sign said, the words on the prophets are written on the subway wall in tenement halls and whispered the sound of silence. We're taking our scripture today, particularly from John 11 verses one through six. And the key verse is verse six. Here's the reading. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sister, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. That was verse six. He stayed where he was for the next two days. He was silent about everything else. That's the key verse. Jesus just stayed there for the next two days. Doing what? He was silent. Oswald Chambers talked about his silence. He notes that God has trusted you with his silence a silence that has great meaning. Oswald Chambers goes further and explains that God's silence are actually his answers. Let's think about those days of absolute silence in the home of Bethany. Can God trust you like that or are you still asking him for a visible answer? God will give you the very blessings you ask if you refuse to go any further without them but his silence is the sign that he is bringing you into it. Even more wonderfully understanding of himself. Are you mourning before God because you have not had an audible response? Are you sad? When you cannot hear God, you will find that he has trusted you in the most intimate way possible with absolute silence, not a silence of despair, but one of pleasure because he saw that you could withstand an even bigger revelation. If God has given you a silence, 
then praise Him. He is bringing you into the mainstream of His purpose. In fact, the answer to His household of Bethany was the silence of Jesus. They had asked not too much, but too little. They had asked only the life of Lazarus. They were going to get the life of Lazarus and a revelation of eternal life as well. James 5.15 says that in the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. I don't think we can never say our prayer is wasted, although prayer may not change the situation and give us the miracle we want, prayer does change us. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, all of a sudden, the lives of those people witnessing this miracle changed them. Wasn't that the goal that Jesus had in mind, was to change the way they thought, believed, and realized that he was, in fact, the Messiah? Did they understand what eternity really is now? I can't emphasize prayer enough. Through prayer, we become more aware of God's presence. Through prayer, we find inner resources and strength we didn't know we had. Through prayer, we are no longer facing our fears and pain alone. God is beside us, renewing our spirit, restoring our soul, and helping us carry the burden when it becomes too heavy for us to bear alone. We read in Matthew chapter 13, verse 54, and verses 57 through 58, And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. They were offended in him. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. When Jesus was in Nazareth, he had the same power to heal, to change the direction of men's lives, to teach, to work miracles. And he had demonstrated in the towns in which he traveled. But the people in his hometown were so charged with the differences, skepticism, unbelief, that he couldn't do any mighty works at all. We have the power to make his power effective. Praying with mental reservation is a stone wall between the petitioner and God. To pray for a project we will not support with our money, to pray for people with whom we would not be willing to eat or work, that kind of prayer is defeats God's mighty works. We wouldn't think about withholding cooperation from a doctor or a lawyer that we were paying money to, but we hang on to our mental reservations when dealing with the Almighty God because we think we can't hear from Him or He is silent. Silence is golden. What we don't realize is that the silence is very powerful, meaningful, and truly an answer to our prayers because he is trusting us with our faith. Our faith shows our trust in Him. If God be for us, who can be against us? We read in Matthew 9:29 the great miracle that Jesus did. And it says that He touched their eyes and said, According to your faith will it be done to you. Notice how He said it was your faith that caused this. We often have to be reminded that everything exists in God. All we can perceive is the activity of nature, but with faith, we can see God at work. We are just observing through a different lens. 
And there is hardly a moment when God does not approach us disguised as a challenge or responsibility. We find that our responses to such opportunities includes and obscures God's activity. Because His action is unobservable, we are taken by surprise and can interpret what happened only in retrospect. How many times have you looked back, even years later, and say, man, if God had not done this then, I wouldn't be where I am today. Jean-Pierre de Cossade noted this, if we could lift the curtain and observe what is really happening, we would see God constantly at work. We would be rejoicing all the time. It's the Lord, as it says in John 21, 7. We would accept every experience that came our way as a gift from God. Faith is God's interpreter. Without faith, all we hear is a noisy babbling. Faith identifies God at work. In this life, faith is our light. We never hear of faith making noise or shattering sounds. Faith is silent and works unseemingly behind closed curtains. God's silence should give us confidence and assurance that the answer is on the way, according to Isaiah. With it, we can know what we can't see. We can touch what we can't feel. We can strip the world of everything superficial. Faith is the combination to God's vault. Even God wants us to learn to be quiet and silent. He says in Psalms 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. In another version it says, Be quiet and know that I am God. I remember as a young teenager, I was walking downtown smoking a cigarette, which I never told my parents or dared to smoke in front of them. I was trying to hitchhike a ride downtown, and as I had my thumb out, my mother pulled over in her car to give me a ride. I was actually happy to see her and thankful for the ride. But what I didn't realize was the cigarette in my hand. As fast as I could, I doused the cigarette to the ground and I blew the smoke out into the air from my lungs. And don't you know, silence was golden. My mother never said one word, but it spoke a thousand words to myself with condemnation, guilt, and remorse. And I was wondering what was going on inside her mind. I knew I had disappointed her. Nothing had to be said, though. I was wrong, but I was forgiven through the silence of my mother's voice. But the penetration of my heart was so convicting. That was the most quiet and the longest ride downtown I've ever taken. And it was really only about a two-minute ride. Trust me, there was a lot to think about that day. Have you ever heard someone being shushed in a movie theater? Or have you ever been in a meeting where people ask us to be quiet? We're not going to learn anything through being noisy. You have to listen quietly. I encourage you today to walk in his silence. God's silence may be the very answer at work. And his silent voice will speak to you. Listen for his silence. I know that sounds awkward. But as we draw closer to God, it will make sense. God bless you today and take a moment to be quiet with the Lord.